It is 7.08 on your Wednesday evening. So nice to hear Alex Pearson here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto with On Point. She will be back at 8 o'clock following the uh, Employment Hour with Lior and myself. We'll do this continuing Monday and Wednesday nights, the weekend shows as well. And if you haven't caught this yet, you will catch the Employment Hour in 30, a 30-minute show on Global TV Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Phone lines wide open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, employment matters, severance, workplace harassment, everything under that banner we cover on this show as you know for the last four four and a half years we'll get to that the severance pay calculator which is an amazing tool it's free it's easy to use and we'll talk a little more about that later and your emails of course it is help at employmenthour.com leor welcome to wednesday pal how are you hey john thank you very much and i'm glad to be here and i'm glad to be talking about uh, employment law and, and educating people I had a had a busy week john uh, i had a, a lot of people calling me asking questions people that heard our show either uh, here on the radio or heard us on uh, on our tv show on global and wanted to know right. about their rights which is so exciting because that's really why we're here john you and i to talk and educate and inform people so it makes me feel good that people now are feeling empowered and and uh, uh, not afraid to ask questions to find out what their rights are and isn't that john what this is all about yeah absolutely so let us get it started and then talk about the week that was a couple of situations that i saw first matter john involved a, a call that i got from a lady who at her workplace she she and her colleagues always used to get paid overtime after 37 and a half hours a week so anytime they went beyond mm-hmm. 37 and a half hours they got paid overtime they got paid time and a half so if they worked 40 hours they got two and a half hours of time and a half now that was a pretty good deal and the reason why that was a good deal, because as our regular listeners know, strictly speaking, an employer is only required to pay overtime after 44 hours a week. Right. Well, what happened recently is this employer said, well, wait a second. If we only have to pay overtime after 44 hours a week, why are we paying overtime after 37 and a half hours? So the employer made a decision and told all the employees that moving forward, we're only going to be paying overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week. Well, as you can imagine... John, this upset many of the individuals because this would mean they would take a pay cut. For this particular lady that called me, she worked a lot of overtime. She figured that this would result in about a $10,000 a year pay cut for her Mm. uh, given what she normally worked. And and she wanted to know, can they do this? Obviously, I don't feel that it's fair. uh, And do I have any rights? Well, John, the answer was, no, they cannot do this. Even though they were not initially obligated to be so generous with overtime, once they decided to be generous, they can't take it back. They can't say, well, now we want to comply with something else. Now we want to uh, be less generous, so we're not going to give you what we used to give you. Once the employer does something, it becomes a term of employment, and that means the employer can't change its mind. So that doesn't just apply with respect to overtime. It applies to other things. So, for example, uh, if you uh, get uh, if you get more vacation pay than an employer is required to give you, you know, you get three, four, five weeks vacation. The employer can't take that back. If your employer continues your benefits while you're off uh, on a medical leave, and then decide not to, again, they can't take it back. Right. So, what I want our listeners to understand is, once you have something, once something is part of the terms of employment, the employer can't can't just change it. Even if they didn't have to give you that thing to begin with, once they give it to you, it's yours. So for this lady, that's a constructive dismissal. And John, I think many of our listeners may find themselves in uh, similar situations. And I guess, you know, word of warning on the flip side of that for employers or employees, rather, if your workplace does make a change, uh, either good or bad, and you accept it, and then you decide later on, say six months down the road, that, hey, I don't like this, 
there's no going back generally, right? No, there's no there's no going back. So if this lady uh, she hadn't called me and she said, ah, oh, you know, I'm just going to continue working and I'll get paid right. overtime after 44 hours. So And then she decided a couple months later, you know what, I really don't like it now. It's not fair. At that point, it would have been too late to do something about it because she would have been considered to have accepted it. And once you have accepted something, you can't just unaccept it. So the, the thing is, when your employer makes a change, you have a very small window to, to try it out, you know, let's say a couple of weeks. Anything beyond that, you'd be considered to have accepted the change, and if you accept it, you're stuck with it. So she was why she made that call, and I want our listeners to do the same. If you're faced with a change you're not happy with, you got to deal with it now. You can't just accept it. Uh, if you accept it, you may find yourself uh, later on regretting it. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell to uh, call through, talk in the show tonight, get your questions answered. This is the hour you want to do this indeed. What else you got going on? So, John, uh, as you probably have heard and a lot of our listeners have heard, uh, there's been uh, stories about uh, uh, Post Media and uh, Torch Star uh, making some changes in their publications, and a lot of people have lost their jobs. Some about 300 employees have lost their jobs. Well, over the past uh, couple of days, our, our phone at, at the office has been ringing off the hook oh, uh, sure. with these folks. A lot of these people that lost their jobs from either Post Media or Torstar, uh, both in, in, in Toronto and in Ottawa, uh, et cetera, have been calling us. And, you know, I can tell you this, and I don't mind saying this here, is that we've reviewed, you know, a couple of dozen severance packages now for these people. They're not good, John. And, you know, a lot of these folks have been offered a lot less than their own, you know, half, even less than half of what they're owed. And the unfortunate thing about this is that they're going to have a very difficult time finding another job. They're right. working in an industry that's not booming, that's, in fact, shrinking. There's not a lot of people hiring in the paper and print industry. So they're going to probably have to get some retraining, get some other career options. They're going to have a very difficult time finding a job. So it's very important for them to get the severance at the road. So I'm very happy that I've been able to speak with these folks uh, and, and help them. And, and I expect to be able to resolve the matters for them on good terms and, and very quickly. And if you're in that situation or your friends lost their job as part of this uh, tour star post media transaction, give me a call. Let's talk about it. Let's help you. I can tell you that uh, I'm very now familiar with the situation, and, and there, there is hope. Absolutely, we can get it resolved. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell to call in. Uh, Raja, good evening. How are you? Hi, hey, guys. pal. I'm, I'm good. Uh, question. Sure. Um, I have um, been working for a company um, as a sales representative for um, roughly um, – 17 years, and uh, when I came over from another company to this other company, same industry, um, basically um, I was getting a, a three-week holiday, and uh, let's say they give me two weeks and uh, on the book, and one week uh, you you talk to your boss, and if you're good, he's good, you no problem, and uh, you do so. 17 years later, I've been doing this, uh, first five years, then I get three weeks. Anyway, I'm up to four weeks plus my ghost week they call it right so something so four happens plus one. If, yep. yes four plus one so something happens they say see you later to me do i have to get boss to document this or is it my last three bosses we'd have to call them into court and say yes i give to mm -hmm. him okay that's a question well the, the the reality is because you've been doing this for so long it's going to be fairly simple to prove i mean you know we can easily show when you were at work when you were not at work so i don't think that's going to be difficult it's going to be very difficult for the company to say oh no no he he only took 4 weeks vacation 
whether they put it on the books or, or, or not, it doesn't really matter. If you've always taken, you know, let's say it's five. If you're taking five weeks vacation, that's what you have. And if they try to change that, uh, if they let you go, etc., that all would have to be factored in. So I'm not concerned about being able to prove that you actually have five weeks vacation. So it's okay. I don't need to have emails to boss say this is this and whatever. Because he no, may say, you, no, he may not do it. So you don't. I, I mean, listen. I, do, do you do you have to know? Do I? Am I happier if you have emails? Yeah. yeah. I always would rather have something in writing for sure. But if if that's what you've been doing for all these years, th- there's not going to be a problem proving it. That's all I can tell you. And the last question is: uh, How long uh, do I get if something happens to me? They'd say see you later because they have some situation. They sure they doing something, hiring younger people, and I just don't know. So, so you've been there for seventeen years in a sales position, and, and how old are you, Roger? I'm forty-seven. So, someone in your situation would be entitled to right around fifteen to sixteen months' pay. Okay. 15 okay. to 16 months pay. Now, that includes your salary, commissions, average commissions if you get commissions, and yes. bonuses you get, benefits. So effectively, we would look at what you you earn on average in a year, and then we would extrapolate that for 15, 16 months. So, so that's what they would owe you if they let you go. You look at the T4 for every year? Is that how it works? Or yeah, we would probably... average of three years? Or? Yeah, we would do a three-year average, exactly. Okay, thank you very much, sir, for your notes. Thank you. Raja, appreciate your call. Moving forward, you need to get a hold of uh, Lior or the firm, one 821 5900 Let's get to uh, Andrea here. Got some time. Hi, Andrea. Good evening. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Excellent. What's, uh, what's your concern? So I have a question. Um, my husband and I both work at the same company, and we have two children, and it's shift work. So I had been accommodated on uh, daytime hours opposite his schedule for about a year and a half. And about six months ago, they basically said, we don't have to accommodate you. Um, you can work any hours around your husband's schedule because you're part-time. And they now I'm working overnight. I'm just wondering, I know it's been six months, but is that something that I could have thought? Or if I, I didn't necessarily accept it, but I don't have a choice to work these hours. So, Andrea, if I understand correctly, the issue is that you, you want to work on opposite shifts from, from your husband, I guess, so that someone's yeah, home with the kids? Daytime shifts, yeah. Okay, so so they actually have to accommodate you. Uh, so so under the human rights code, uh, if if there's a real need, a family need for for you to be home at a certain time, or because you know you you have a husband and and you guys you know if you're working at the same time, then there's it's difficult with the, with the childcare. Then yeah, they have an obligation to provide accommodation. And there's been some some pretty big cases over the past few years from our courts saying that. So this is not even so much about accepting it. You're still well within your rights to say, well, no. I know that what you said six months ago is that, but you're wrong, and you have to accommodate me. And, and so the fact that you allowed them to do that six months ago doesn't change that reality. Under the Human Rights Code, they have to accommodate on based, based on what we call family status. So, yeah, if you if you want them to accommodate you and they won't, then let me know, and I can give them the, you know, the proverbial kick in the butt to make sure that they do that. Uh, because under the Human Rights Code, uh, Andrea, they have to. So even if it's a 24-hour operation? Even so, absolutely. Because what they're telling me is as long as I don't work, the days he's working and the hours he's working, they don't have to accommodate me on a specific time schedule because because there's no reason why I need to be home during the day. Or why, why I need to be home in the evening. 
you know well, what I mean? If, if, there's a, if there is a family reason, you know, specifically as relates to, to, to child care, then yeah, yeah, they have to accommodate. And it's not up to them to say, we don't want to. If there's a family reason, a legitimate family reason, rather than, well, I'm less tired, so it's better for me, that's not something that requires accommodation. Right. Uh, but if there's a family reason, they have to accommodate. And if they don't, that's a human rights violation. They're not allowed to say no. Okay, and I did have a doctor's note for that, and they said, no, your husband oh. is also a primary caregiver. You don't need to be home. He's more than capable of taking care of the children. Well, I'm like, well let, let, me, let me help you. I can send a letter, and that should, trust me, resolve it right there. So, so yeah, what they said is, is not right. Absolutely not. Andrew, appreciate your call. We'll take a short break. You want to follow up with Lior anytime you should, one 821 5900 We'll get right back to our topic of the night, and that's our discussion on forced resignations. That's in quotes, by the way. If you haven't caught it so far, you will catch Employment Hour and 30 Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. on Global TV as well. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up here on your Wednesday night. And we are back at it. Phone lines are open, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Anytime for email, of course, help at Employment Hour. Com. Lior and I here to answer your questions. Well, Lior is, I simply feel the questions because I'm not the lawyer. And we'll go till about uh, just around 10 to 8. After that point, we'll get right back into On Point with Alex Pearson here. Monday nights, Wednesday night, Employment Hour continues, the weekend shows, and of course, Saturday mornings, 10 a.m. on Global TV, you will catch Employment Hour in 30. Uh, you used it. You didn't tell anybody you used it, Lior, but you did with uh, Raja there before the break, and that was the employment, uh, pardon me, severance pay calculator. That's how you went through that quick metric of how to calculate how much severance he would be owed. Give me some details on it well you know the nice thing is because i've been an employment lawyer for over 15 years i, I don't need to to use a calculator i can i can in my head i can mm -hmm. provide an assessment to people as to how much severance that they're owed but i've been an employment lawyer for a long time and and i wanted everyone to be able to do the exact same analysis if they lost their job if their friend or, or parent lost their job you need to know how much you are owed it's so so important so I've created the severance calculator. It's available at severancepaycalculator.com. It's an online tool. It's completely free. It's extremely easy to use. It's anonymous. You don't have to put in your name. There's no strings attached, okay? It's that simple. You answer three questions about your age, the length of your employment, and the type of job that you have, and that's it. You're done. You find out how much severance you're owed right there on the spot. It's so important to have that information if you did lose your job uh, or you're concerned about losing your job. You don't want to be taken aback. You don't want to accept things that are less than what you're owed. You know, I talked about the Torstar and Post Media yep. folks. You know, if, if they were to accept their severance offers, they could be losing tens of thousands of dollars, and that's not unusual. So severancepaycalculator.com is the place to go to. Always the very first place, John, if you lost your job. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell to uh, ask Lior a question tonight. Get it through. Matthew, good evening. How are you? How are you doing, gentlemen? Good, pal. What's uh, what's going on with you? What's your concern? Um, uh, first, I will say I am in a union, unfortunately, so my question is more of a clarification question, if it's okay. Sure. Um, I, uh, the marital status, that the, I think the previous caller, Andrew, is talking about when it has to accommodate. Um, anyway, the longer short of it is uh, a couple of like friends of mine, they have a newborn, and the one's coming back to work, I think, at the end in December. And they're they're, someone was saying that uh, they can't accommodate because they both work nights. But I don't know. I heard somewhere that human rights trumps a union and you could actually get a labor lawyer involved if you don't 
if, like, instead of the union, if that's the case, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but... I, I, I do. So, first of all, uh, the same uh, thing that I say to, and, uh, to Andrea, instead of, in terms of uh, accommodating, applies to unionized employees. So, whether you're a unionized employee or non-unionized, the employer still has to accommodate based on family status, which means helping helping out with scheduling shifts if there's childcare obliga- child obligations. Now... Uh, usually, if you're part of a union, the union can pursue that absolutely for you. Uh, if you're uh, if you're not gonna be accommodated, so it should be as easy as going to the union and saying they're not accommodating, and the union can deal with this on the employee's behalf. There is an opportunity whenever there's a human rights matter, if the union won't do it, can't do it, uh, hasn't done it, to to proceed separately with a human rights complaint outside of the union. But that could be difficult, and it's still the preferred approach if you're part of a union, even if it's a human rights matter, is to go through the union. But the law is exactly the same, Matthew. The employer has to accommodate. Perfect. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew. Appreciate it. I guess we should, you know, we probably haven't clarified for quite a while on this show, and that is generally when it comes to employment matters, you are you live by the union, you die by the union. Someone can't simply go to you, Lior, and say, I need an employment lawyer because they just can't go outside the uh, the bargaining agreement, Right. You know, John, every single day I get three, four, five emails or calls from folks that are unionized and, and they're asking for my help. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, they, they don't understand often why I can't help them. So you're right. It is important to clarify the situation. When you're a part of a union, the only one that's allowed to help you is the union. Okay, uh, You're not allowed usually to retain a lawyer. You can't even deal with the company on your own. It has to be the union. They represent you. They have the agreement with the employer. So if you come to me, I'm going to say, unfortunately, I can't help you if you're unionized. And it's not It's not just me. No one can. No lawyer. Right. It has to be the union. Now, there are some rare exceptions, but for the most part, it has to be the union. So if you have a problem, you hope and pray that the union will help you. If they won't, honestly, you're stuck. That's one of the problems with being part of a union. Yeah. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. John, I got you there. How are you? Good evening. Hey, John. How you doing? Um, I just got a quick question. Um, I'm a truck driver. Our contract says that we are supposed to get 70% of what the load pays or 75% it used to be. And some of the loads pay in U.S. currency, some of the loads pay in Canadian currency. Are we entitled to a contract? Because all it states is 70% of what the load pays. Right. Are we entitled so so, to so the what's US? the question? Are we entitled to the U.S. exchange rate on the loads or, or, or the U.S. currency, or do we just get paid in Canadian currency? Well, I mean, whether you pay get paid in Canadian currency or not, it has to be what the load pays. So if the load pays $100 U.S., that's 130 Canadian, so you get 70% of that. They don't so, do that. So, so if the load pays $100 U.S., they'll treat it as $100 Canadian? Yes, sir. Then, again, I haven't seen your contract, but if the contract says 70%, then they're breaching the contract. And that's something that you could potentially take legal action against for breach of contract. So okay. if that's something that you or your colleagues want to do, yeah, we can absolutely chat about oh, it. Oh, there's no. a bunch of us. There's a bunch of us that want to do it, but we're just uh, treading thin water because our boss is um, a lawyer. And now, a corporate lawyer during contracts, but it's kind of iffy on who we talk to and who she knows and everything like that. You know, one of the problems here is uh, clearly they've been breaching the contract for a while. Am I right, John? It's not a new thing. Yep. Uh, Four years so far. 
Yeah, so that's the problem. I think you probably are going to be unable to do anything, and it's mostly because of the fact that over that four-year period, the law would consider you to have accepted it. In other words, uh, you, by, by your actions, a new term of employment has been created. That's It's no longer seven, 70%. It's now whatever the equivalent is in Canadian dollars. So because of the fact that it's been so long, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. So there's probably not much you can do. And, and, and you know, right there is what why I always say, if your employer does something that they're not allowed to do, you have a very small window to deal with it. Yeah, uh, that, like, you know, like four I years later, involved. unfortunately, my friend, you're, you're, yeah. you're going to be uh, out of time. You're not going to be able to do much about it. Now, like um, when I first started here, the contract stated 75%, and then she changed it to 70% the following year. And yeah. she said she was allowed to it, but she never gave us a copy of the new contract mm-hmm. stating it was 70%. And it's just going back and forth. Like um, there's stuff that we were paid for, and then now we're not. We have to pay for it. And no one knows, and like you know how the economy's been, for the, especially in the trucking industry, it's yeah. kind of the shit show. Yeah. And nobody really wants term. to go. Yeah, nobody really wants to go against your employer if you don't have to. I know. I hear you. I, 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 and I'm not blaming you by all means. I can understand exactly why you wouldn't. But from a legal standpoint, once the employer does something they're not supposed to, and, and you, you know, you don't want to rock the boat, you have accepted it then you're going to be considered after a while to have accepted it. And now it's difficult to say four years ago when you did this, you shouldn't have. Now you owe me money. So unfortunately, you know, there's a very important lesson there is if your employer do, does something, you have to make a decision whether you're, going to, whether you're going to pursue it or just accept it. And if you accept it, then there's really no going back. Well, you've said on, on shows in the past that it's silence is the same as acceptance unless you say something either verbally to start with and in writing. You've been deemed to accept it, like what's happened here, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure my, our, our caller and his colleagues never said yes. This is fine with us. They just, you know, put their head down and and continued working. And that's exactly the same as saying yes. That's fine. Right. Uh, so especially after all this time, four years, yeah, they're they're going to find themselves in a situation where now the employer can essentially continue breaching the agreement with impunity because they let them get away with it. Not a good situation, but a very important lesson. 416-870-6400, star 640 on your cell. You want to talk to Lior, this is the time to call through, ask your questions. If you haven't used it, severancepaycalculator.com. Find out exactly what the severance uh, amount should be. Even if you're, you know, you've got a secure job, there's no sign of you ever getting let go. You just want to know for, you know, in your own mind what it would be if it ever came down the pike. That's the, uh, that's the app to use for sure. Our discussion on forced resignations, which we were doing on Monday, get right back into this. So what happens if an employee is told to resign or else? Cause I know you've gotten calls like that in the past, right? I get calls like that all the time, John. And, and there's, you know, there's really no, no such thing as a, as a forced resignation. By definition, a resignation is something that you do voluntarily and unilaterally. If someone tells you you have to resign or else, and as a result you resign, that is in fact a termination. Okay, that's a termination because the company has decided that you're not going to be working there, and they've essentially put the gun to your head to to make the decision or or, or you know act for them. Mm-hmm. So if your employer tells you you have to resign or we're firing you, we you have to resign or we're going to do this to you, or we're going to reduce your pay, or whatever it is, and as a result you resign, that is a termination. You're owed full severance. Uh, you're better off to say no, do your worst. I am not resigning. But if you do end up resigning, John, that is a termination. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, taking your calls throughout the evening here till 8 o'clock. Tatiana, good evening. How are you? 
Good evening. Thank you so very much for taking my call. No worries. Go ahead. Thank you. Um, I have a question. Hopefully I can explain it properly. I have been working with a company for 10 years, and uh, my position was eliminated, and I was offered uh, three months uh, severance pay, or if I wish to stay and apply for a new position, which is uh, beyond what my skills are, apparently, I had to prove myself uh, for the next three months, and if I don't prove myself, then um, I was offered six months of severance pay. And I'm just wondering if this is really realistic after working for 10 years for this company. Good call. Good call, Tatiana. And how, uh, so 10 years, what kind of a job, what do you do? I was a manager at this particular company. And there are people that reported to you? Yes. And how old are you, Tatiana? I am 55. So, Tatiana, what you're owed is probably right around 12 months pay. It could be even a bit more, 13, 14 months even pay. So, uh -huh. <laughs> more than double the six months and, and four times the, uh, the the three months. So, so either way, whether we're looking at three or six, that's completely and utterly inadequate. It's not okay. even close. Uh, so, you know, I... I from my perspective, this is a wrongful dismissal any way you slice it. So what are you planning on doing? Are you planning on trying this other position? Well, um, luckily, I was able to apply for another position. I'm awaiting response. Hopefully, everything will go well. Yes. I was just a little bit suspicious after uh, listening to your show for so many times that this didn't sound right. And no. you just proved it. Smart girl. <laughs> It's not right. And, and if, yeah. So my hope is for you that everything works out. You have a new position there. You continue working happily ever after. But if mm -hmm. that doesn't work for whatever reason, if, yeah. if the, you end up losing your job, you know now how much you're owed. You know yeah. now what to do. You give me a call, and, and we'll deal with it. No problem. Absolutely. Thank you so very much for this consideration. Thank you. Thank you, Tatiana. I appreciate that. one 821 5900 She snuck that little thing in there as well about applying for another job, and it sounded like they want to put her on a three-month probation. Can they even do that? She's been well, there for 10 years. You know, if, of course they can't. I mean, they can, <laughs> they can call it whatever they want, but they still have to pay her severance. There's no way yeah. they can say, well, because you're on probation, you don't get severance. She's already an employee with 10 years of seniority. So to call someone on probation, it's, it's semantics. It's, it's really nothing. It's meaningless. You can't be put on probation in that situation or a real probation and i think this is just an employer that's trying to potentially avoid paying her yeah. the severance that they owe her they owe her a lot more than than six months three months uh, right around 12 months pay john we'll get to uh to shannon here in line hi shannon good evening good evening thank you for taking my call no worries um my question is well i guess my statement is i was fired today uh from a dental manager job in barry um after 15 years um, the human resources um, lady was on the on my direct regional manager's cell phone, and she brought it in my office and asked me just to listen, and I did, and she had a letter in front of me. So I, I saw, and there was no fans yelling and screaming and crying and all that, so I just listened. And then at the end, it doesn't say anything about severance in this package, this termination employment, uh, letter of employment. So I simply asked, and what about severance? She goes, oh, you're not getting any severance. You're fired for cause. And I just said, okay, and I, you know, as the letter said, I gave my keys to my direct manager and left the office. So I'm just a little bit 
shaky here. Sorry about that. I've never been fired before. Um, no. it, it goes on in the letter to state that uh, a date that I went to get my snow tires on, on my lunch, but it doesn't say on my lunch. And, um, and I came back to the office, of course, and it says that I should, that was misconduct. Um, but because I did not punch out, we punch in in the morning, and as managers, we only punch out at night. So at lunch, I don't have to punch out, so I didn't. And it says, it kind of says I should have. Um, so I just don't know what to do now. <laughs> that's the one, that's the one thing they claim cost. You went to get snow tires on. Yeah. And I did wow. do that. I did wow. do that. Well, there's, it, it says other things. It says, uh, and it identifies a match of employee on, it says random dates, uh, June 1st, June 5th, June 12th. Hmm. Um, uh, uh, someone, one of my staff members, cause I was the boss on site, um, would punch out at, at the end of the shift. And then I would punch out. Well, of course I did. You punch out in order. Right, right. Like That—that's a given. I can tell you that's true as well. That's well, Shannon, let, let, let me let me tell you this: uh, <laughs> okay. for them to be able to let you go for cause, man, you, you would have had to do something pretty awful. Okay, remember, cause is the death penalty. It's reserved for the worst offenders. So the question oh is not, did you do something wrong? L let's look at it from the worst standpoint that you did something wrong. Let's assume that for a second. The okay. question is, does that rise to cause? And what you've described to me is not even close to being cause. So, and, and cause is all or nothing. There's no such thing as almost or 95%. It's either 100% or it's zero. So if I'm right and it's not cause, I think you said 15 years? Yes. And as a manager, right? You were a manager? Yeah, I'm the manager or I was the manager, yep. Was the manager. And, and how old are you, Shannon? 65. So that that's another thing. I know that this new, new right, boss yeah. wanted to be gone because of my age. <laughs> well, I'll tell you right now, you're probably looking at about 18 months pays what you'd be owed after all these years as a manager at, at the age of 65. So this is probably a, a pretty egregious wrongful dismissal. So you and I need to speak. I want to obviously read the termination letter. I want to find out more about hmm. what they're alleging. But I, I would be shocked, literally shocked, if this was cause, and and this is probably just an uh, you know they wanted to get rid of you and they realized mm -hmm. holy cow it's going to cost us all this money, so let's find something let's find a reason that's wrong it's illegal it's a wrongful dismissal so you and I have a lot to talk about Shannon. Okay, I did call your office today. Um, yep. This has happened because I always listen to you on the radio, and uh, they they told me that somebody would call me back tomorrow. I left my name Perfect. and number and all that kind of thing. Then then we'll talk tomorrow and and look forward to working with you and getting this resolved. Okay, thank you so much for taking my thank call. Thank you, Shannon. Thanks. Yeah, I'm in shock that she's sick. She sounds like she's 23. She does, doesn't she? <laughs> she sounds like a kid. That's. A, I hope yeah. I sound half that good when I'm, uh, you know, close to her age. We'll get to uh, you a don't couple sound more half calls that here good now, John. Four one six eight seven zero sixty four hundred star six forty on cell. We'll get to Mike. Hey, Mikey, how are you? Good evening. Hi, hey, how Mike. Are you? Good, pal. What's happening? I'm just curious. Uh, an outlook on the. Um, company that worked for it. When they offered me the job, they also want me to sign off on a piece of paper that says, in the event that I'm ever released from the company, right. that there, I, I agreed to restrict my severance pay to the ESA plus two weeks. Mm -hmm. And it just, you know, having worked in the environment you know, for over 30, you know, 25, 30 years, it just seems very uh, wrong to do that when you're at a senior leadership level. It uh, I said, what if I don't sign? And they were going to basically rescind the job offer. So I'm just kind of yeah. curious uh, as to what advice you can give in that environment. And I did take the job, so I'm just, you know, and now we're at a state where we're downsizing. And 
I'm just wondering what, what, what are my possibilities if they come to me and tell me my job's done? Excellent question. And, and a lot of employers now, when they understand how much severance they may have to pay someone, are starting to use employment agreements that limit future severance. Now, the, the, the rule generally is that a deal is a deal, right? Even if uh, it's, it's not a great deal, if you agree to it, it's a deal. But here's the good news. Many of these things, I'm going to say the majority of these termination clauses that are that try to limit entitlements are not enforceable for reasons that I don't need to get into right now. There are terms in them that make them unenforceable. So in most of these cases, we're actually able to get out of them. Now, without actually reading the document that you signed, the termination clause, I can't say if yours specifically is enforceable or not. Happy to, to get an email from you with the actual language and I can tell you, mm-hmm. or if and when your employment is terminated, give me a call and we'll sit down and go over it. So the best that we can do is hope to get out of it to find that it's not enforceable, which means at that point we can get you your full entitlements, which will be a lot which more than lot ESA plus two weeks. plus two weeks. That's great. Thanks. And thanks for doing all you do for us uh, on the phone like this. This is terrific. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Mike, we appreciate that. Moving forward, one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Lior at the firm or anybody else's firm for that matter. Hey, Elizabeth, good evening. Hi, thanks for taking my call. No worries. What's going uh, on with you? Yes, I'm just calling for someone, and uh, he worked doing uh, doors and windows, and so he asked for some holiday time, and he was told he could have it. And then when it came time to go, they they told him not to bother come back. Uh, and um, so, and then they put on his papers he was fired. Right. Does that mean he can't get unemployment, or is you know like uh, what happens in that case? Well, yeah, no, that's a very good question. But it, the, the issue here is much more than just the unemployment. So if they fi- filled out fired, uh, or which is a particular code that they use, code M, uh, in the record of employment. That, that tells the EI people that, yes, that we let him go for cause, it's his fault, so you shouldn't get him, uh, get, give him any EI. So, number one, if, in fact, there was no reason to let him go for cause, that's wrong. But it's also a question of severance. He may be owed, I don't know, a year's pay, depending on his age, position, and length of employment uh, of severance. Unless he did something awful... Then no, it's it was, it not caused. It was basically uh, asking for to for the time off to go away hmm. with his family, and um, they told him not to bother come back, and he'd worked there for ten years. Yeah, no, then then he's owed severance. Absolutely, he's owed severance. And so, what we need to do is get him the severance, and then also get him to change that record of employment so he can qualify for EI. So you were a good friend by calling the show on his behalf and asking the question, but be an even better friend and have him call me at the office, okay? Let me talk to him. Let me get this resolved because there's a lot at stake here, Elizabeth. Elizabeth, appreciate that call. Here's the number, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmenthour.com. I think we got enough time to get to uh, AJ here. Hey, AJ. Hey, guys. How's it going? Good, brother. What's happening? Uh, well, I've been uh, working at the coach to probably give you guys a call uh, about my situation. I uh, was uh, recently offered full-time status to a company that I worked as a subcontractor for for on and off the last 10 years. And about a month and a half into the three-month probation, I was diagnosed with narcolepsy. And um, during that, about that month, month and a half, where we were going through the doctor's meetings and getting the medication right and whatnot, they uh, said the position's still there when I get back. I'd signed a contract and everything. And uh, when I got the note saying I was good to go, they then said that uh, because of the... Uh, 
the disorder that they reverted me back to a subcontractor. I lost my full-time status and my hours have been cut. And I'm just wondering if that's allowed to happen. Are they allowed to do that? Or is there anything I can do about that? Well, no, they're not allowed to do that because if you have a medical condition and as a result, they, they change the deal on you, they reduce your pay, they penalize you essentially, that, that's a human rights violation. They, they can't do that because of a medical condition. And obviously, you know, thought, yeah. nar- narcolepsy is a serious condition. Now, if, if it's a matter of they had to do that because otherwise that, that you would pose a danger to yourself or others, fine, maybe. But it doesn't sound like this is what's happening. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, this is potentially a human rights violation, which, and you could also potentially treat this as a constructive dismissal. So there may be some compensation owed to you, but it, 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 it may involve you having to leave there. As a, as a first measure, what I would do, if you wanted me to, to work with you on this, is I would send them a letter telling them why they're not allowed to do this and see if they back off. If they don't back off, then the other option is we go by way of legal means, a claim for constructive dismissal and for a violation of the Human Rights Code. And that'll uh, do it for another night. My brother, in closing, the number to get a hold of Lior anytime, one 821 5900 If you haven't checked it out yet, severancepaycalculator.com. Anytime, it is help at employmenthour.com. And, of course, the TV show Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. on Global TV. You will catch Employment Hour in 30. We are out of here for tonight. Back on the weekend.